Hello and welcome to Front Office Features. My name is Rob Crane and I am here with Chris Valente as always. Hello, Chris. Hello, Rob. So today is August 30th and I went to the uh, Woosox had a foundation golf tournament today. So mm. for the Woosox oh, Foundation. Did you golf again? I did not golf per se. I did drive around in a cart and uh, have a few beers and uh, play a couple holes with some people who were there. Um, but so I went in today, right? And I get there. And I get there early, probably, you know, uh, everything teed off at noon. I was probably there 9, 45, 10 o'clock. And when I get there, I totally feel at this moment they're off, right? They don't need Rob Crane anymore. They are doing their own thing. And it felt like that first thing of like, ah, I guess that business can move on without me. Huh? <laughs> yeah. They replace the they replace the Pope. They were complace they they can replace me. But uh, it was a fun day. It was a, it was a fun day. But it was weird that kind of first moment. It was like, yeah, I, I I surely don't work here anymore. No, and they can do it without me. That's a good. But that you know what, they always say when you leave, to be able to leave and leave it in a good position that they don't need you is the best way to leave. If it falls apart when you leave, that's a problem. Ah, they'll be fine. It's just the. It's baseball. I mean, it's not brain surgery. Sometimes it is, but yes, you're right. It's not rocket science. But there is a science, but it's not rocket science. <laughs> that is correct. That is correct. That is correct. So but, how uh, is the how is the time off been? How are we, de- uh, yeah, are we so distressing? Are we enjoying more time? Oh, I was talking to our F&B guy. I played golf with him on Thursday. He's like, man, you look like you're standing up straighter. Uh, the world, the weight of the world's not on your shoulders anymore. Um, so yeah, last week I, I'm taking two weeks off between this, right? Two weeks. And, uh, I went down, uh, to a boat. My father-in-law owns a boat that's, uh, docked in a marina. So I went there on Monday with my daughter. Uh, and then, uh, I played golf three times, um, during the week, Thursday and Friday. And I think it was Tuesday, um, Oh, and I had the best. I love playing golf. Everyone, I think everyone understands this. <laughs> it's like my, it's my favorite hobby, right? Everybody's got a hobby. This one is just my favorite thing to do. It checks so many Rob Crane boxes. One, it's competitive. Everyone knows I'm very competitive. Two, it is extraordinarily social, right? You just go around and hang out with people for four or five hours. It is outside, right? And those are three boxes I love, right? I just enjoy a great deal and it checks a lot. So golf is like one of these things. I had a top one or two golf experience of my life on Tuesday of last week. I went with one of our owners of the uh, Woosocks. Uh, They invited me and our general manager, Dan Ray, out to uh, Newport Country Club, and uh, we had caddies. It was a gorgeous golf course on the water. When we were walking, it was like, oh, yeah, that's where Jacqueline Onassis grew up. Uh, You see that one down there? That's where Jay Leno lives. And the waves are crashing on, you know, probably two or the three holes. And And we had caddies. Have you ever had a caddy? Uh, twice. Oh, it's the greatest thing yeah. in the face of the earth. It right? really is. Like, yeah. I love walking a golf course. I just do. It's my, it's, I much prefer walking over. Especially with uh, a caddy. Riding. Oh, with a caddy. Those guys were great. And then one of the caddies, uh, they were saying something over in the, on the other, it uh, wasn't my caddy, it was a different guy, uh, was talking. It was like, yeah, I think that, you know, Rob was a baseball player or something like that. He's like, oh, yeah, where do you play? He's like, oh, I don't know, I think Springfield College. Springfield College! Caddy, Springfield College baseball player. Wow. Look at that. And we we hit it off, of course, uh, in three, you know, uh, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, my God, right? We had new big best tip. friends. You get a big tip, big tip. And uh, so we, we hit it off. Uh, you know, he, he's trying to get, he's going to be a coach somewhere. I said, if you ever need anything, you call me. And, 
He was. Uh, did the caddy was, help you on any shots? Did make you, Did he give you any good reads that you oh, were yeah, able? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, pretty, and I played pretty well too. Um, so that experience on Tuesday was. Whoo-wee. Did you see the the BMW Special. playoff? Oh, I did. I was glued. That was crazy. It was six thing, uh, six holes. Uh, kept lipping out putts. It was dramatic. Bryson just kept missing the putt. He just couldn't hit the putt. He just couldn't, couldn't hit, hit the, the putt. putt. And Cantlay hit everything. And then he kept hitting the putt that he needed to extend it versus dying the one to win it. And then finally, it just he just gave out. When he went in the water yeah. and then he recovered and he recovered. That was a spectacular, spectacular um, iron shot. And then they yeah. forced the next play. He, um, I am not a Bryson DeChambeau fan. I find him. I think incredibly he's annoying. he's polarizing. He's very polarizing. I think people, I find him incredibly annoying. And he, then he yelled at the guy. He yelled, yelled, Patrick, can you please stop walking? And he wasn't really walking. He was just kind of standing there, and you weren't ready to hit anyway. So like, quit being a douche. He's he's a polarizing figure. You know the definition of that guy. You know how I always one of my life lessons, my life yeah. rules yeah. is don't be that guy. I feel like Bryson can be that guy, and it drives me crazy. So your team Spieth. Totally. Yeah, your team. Totally. Or uh, Kepka. I kept. That's what I mean. Your team. But Kepka. Kepka can be that guy too. I'm not a big Kepka guy. He's like, I'm too cool for golf. Like, go f off, right? Like, he is. Uh, you know, like I'm Mr. Jock. I, you know, golf's a nerd sport, but I'm pretty good at it. Like, that's like what he plays off of. Yeah. But he's out there grinding, hitting seven irons, just like everybody else, right, on the driving range. So when he plays this too cool for school thing, it drives. So me do you think the feud nuts. is manufactured? No, I absolutely think it's real, because he uh, Kepka has given some like instantaneous looks and feedback. If it was forced, it would not. That wouldn't happen. But there is a there is a ten million dollar bonus for the player who has the most activity on social media. That was instituted by the tour this year. So there's a little... That, there's some... It, that it helps them to keep it going, but... But you think he generally doesn't like them? No, I really don't. I really don't. I definitely... But they're not going to... They said they're like going to put aside their beef for the Ryder Cup, which will be interesting. Well, yeah, it's a Ryder Cup. Man. Yeah. No, the Ryder Cup's great. We usually stink at USA. it. USA. USA. Where is it this year? Where is it? Is it over there uh, or here? I don't. I think it's here. I don't is really. Know. Uh, I don't know. Ryder Cup. I, I, Ryder I, I Cup. Know this. Ryder Cup is I, is my favorite golf tournament. I I love the Ryder Cup more than anything. Like I love Ryder the, Cup's awesome. I love the competition. I love when they have first Ryder Cup is where was where. Uh, I don't know. Worcester Country Club. Really? Yeah. Did not know that. First one ever. You, you can't you can't bring woo, you can't bring the woo facts anymore. You don't work. You're not in the woo anymore. You're you're in Rhode Island. Wow, I can still. That's drop, why you're golfing. I can still drop. I can still drop knowledge. Worcester knowledge. <laughs> you know a lot drop about. Knowledge. You know a lot about Worcester. I had to. You got to get ingrained in the community. I know. You work. I know. Um, well, speaking of, before we do that, I have, and you don't know this is coming. I have a surprise for you. A surprise for me. I do. Last time he gave me a surprise was booze, and that was a great surprise. Yeah, that, so, <laughs> and it's actually going to require us to hit the stop button to go through said surprise. So, uh, we have a special guest that uh, joined Front Office Features this week. That uh, I hope it's Zach. So, uh, I have to, you have to play and listen to this, and then we're going to come back, and you're going to react to it, because it's going to be coming into the podcast right now, but we're going to play magic with GarageBand for everyone behind the scenes. Drop it in, and but you're going to listen to it live and then come back and react. So All right. in three, two, one, hit stop. Massive special guest surprise for ours one and only truly Rob Crane. Marty Cordero is here to tell us all about young Rob Crane starting his career and, of course, Battle Creek michigan where it all goes back to battle creek marty welcome back to front office features chris i'm so glad to be here and um you know i recently posted on one of rob's 75 social media posts about him going (laughs) away uh i I can't keep up with him so much it's like he's it's like he's marketing for a job i'm like you already have a job you already have a job you mean his eulogy that he wrote for himself yes 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 And, and on one of them i put your going away parade 
is longer than Derek Jeter's. <laughs> and and I, I did that because of the Red Sox Yankees. I was trying to get to him. But but I guess I'm adding to that parade. I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing today. Yeah, his ego might not fit to the top golf door. So <laughs> the, amount of, the amount of reaction that we've gotten on social media for people commenting, wishing Rob well, the downloads for his episode, like we is the number one fastest downloaded episode ever. So yeah, clearly Rob has made an impact on people, but it all started with you. Like, so we want to know the dirt on Mr. Young Rob Crane. He kind of tells some stories, but I'm sure you've got way better stories than he ever likes to share. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to be better. Rob's a pretty good, uh, you know, storyteller, or as we always still call him, a bullshitter. And <laughs> Can't bullshit a bullshitter, right? That's exactly right, Chris. But but it, it does go back to Anaheim winter meetings. And I think, you know, with the spirit of what this uh, podcast is and does is really it's education based believe it or not through everything you do it's education based you're trying to help others you know Im- improve their lives and rob went to anaheim uh in 2004 uh to improve his life and he went through the job fair uh at the baseball winter meetings and at the time brian cheever i uh, worked with me in battle creek michigan and brian and i had worked together at a different club before that uh, but we interviewed this young rob crane who had, you know, Rob likes to talk about his hair quite a bit, but he had the worst hair ever. And, you know, he's got kind of a mullet going on and, you know, he's doing this, you know, we think he's doing this Boston accent, but no, it's just Rob. It's just really, really Rob. And did he get the mullet from Alabama maybe when he was down I, there? I, I think he got that from L.A. He did. He got that from lower Alabama. I know he really enjoyed his time there. <laughs> and, um, you know, but but that's where we interviewed Rob. And he did land in Battle Creek. And after a couple of months of him working in a group sales job, so this would have been early 2005. I brought him in my office, and this may have been recanted before on, on this podcast. I know it's been over beers before. I brought him in my office and said, Rob, you know, we really enjoy having you work here for the for the club. We're excited about the season starting in a couple months. But, uh, you know, we hired you to, to work in group sales and to sell group tickets. And, you know, to be able – to say that you work in sales and baseball, you have to sell something. And, <laughs> and, and he was like, yeah, I know I've gone here. I've gone there. And at that time he had like a, I don't know what year it was, 1980 something full size, long wheelbase Ford truck. I think it was a Ford and it probably got six miles to the gallon. And <laughs> when Rob was late for work, we knew it because you could hear it when he drove him up. Coming, him coming, oh, yeah. you could hear him coming down the road. And that was uh, at our house office in Battle Creek um, that actually uh, the basement had so much water in it and flooded, it actually had snakes in it. So that's the environment that Rob was hired into. And, you know, when people complain about their work environments or you know, different things in minor league baseball, you know, Rob and I and others that worked in Battle Creek and others that have worked at other difficult minor league markets. uh, We have a lot of things that tops their complaints, but you know, it goes back to Rob, you need to sell um, if you want to call yourself a group salesperson. And he got the message, Chris, you know, I think sometimes early on as staff uh, members in a pro sports franchise, sometimes it's the lights, you know, we get blinded. Oh, wow. I'm working for a pro sports Mm -hmm. franchise. Oh yeah. Sometimes, um, you know, we're, we we really are um, trying to impress our boss and we're putting so much effort into whatever we may be doing. We're forgetting that we just sometimes just need to block and tackle, just do the basics and other things will take care of themselves. And I think Rob uh, fell into that category to where he was he was stressing so hard. He was going to so many soccer and baseball and 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 softball uh, um, association meetings, you know, spreading what group sales uh, could mean to their organization from a fundraising perspective or just an environment perspective. But he needed a little kick in the ass, you know, as a reminder that you're actually selling. You're not, not marketing. Out. You're yeah, not yeah. marketing. You're selling. There's a difference between the two. And you and I know what that is. And and he did kick it in the gear. And, you know, he had a, he had a really good year that year. Um, he was our on-field host. No one could really understand what he was saying at first. And uh, he, he, he then gave himself the moniker of Boston Rob. 
And uh, he was a really good on-field host. And as he went through the year, he was actually selling tickets. So, you know, we uh, had a few staff changes and I wanted to promoting uh, from a standpoint of groups into corporate sales. So to do that, you know, we had to also give him a better desk and give him a better location in the office. Next to the bathroom, as he always talks about. <laughs> no, that was the location we oh, did give him. You moved so next so to we the moved bathroom. him closer to the bathroom. We wanted to give him a better location. So, you know, he knew he knew who was in the restroom, <laughs> who wasn't in the restroom, and he knew who he didn't want to be in the restroom next yep. to him. Yeah. And and oh, uh, minor league sports. You got to love, oh, it. You gotta oh, love it. it. It was uh, it was fantastic. And, you know, I think those two years taught me a lot about Rob from the standpoint that, you know, it, we can joke about the distraction of the bathroom and you know, we can joke about the distraction of Rob's truck. And, um, you know, at first no one being able to understand what he was saying and, and on the microphone and the Boston grief fans would give him Boston yeah. Rob. But ultimately it was that dedication uh, that ultimately led to a 16, 17 year minor league career that you referenced earlier, not directly, but indirectly about all the messages and the arc of his going away parade and his eulogy. Um, you know, that's real. He's touched a lot of people. Um, and, you know, he's he's been a lot of things to a lot of people. He's been a co-worker. Uh, he's been a mentor. He's been a boss. He's been a leader. He's been an adversary. Uh, you know, he's hmm. been a lot of things to a lot of people. And I think above all, and you and I were talking, you know, off camera, off recording earlier, this world's gotten to a point to where it's like, what's next? I think the what's next is we all need to remember that it's about people. It's not about technology. It's not about being right and wrong. It's actually about dialogue. It's about relationship. And I think Rob's going away parade and going away party is a reminder to me anyway that um, it is about people. And Rob's been a lot of things to a lot of people, and he really should be congratulated. Amongst all the jokes and all the ribbing, he really should be congratulated. And so should Topgolf. Topgolf is getting a great individual uh, that I believe can continue uh, to do what he's done in minor league baseball, and that's help change lives. And it's, you know, to help companies spread their message and, and do good things through the top golf world. When did you know, Marty? Because obviously you've now been doing this, we won't say how many years, um, but you've obviously seen a lot, seen a lot of young folks because we all start with them, come through the organization. When did you see Rob make that term? We were like, okay, this one's going to survive. This one's going to make it. He's going to be somebody in this in this world because it is such a high turnover rate that we deal with. People come, they, they, like you said, they get blinded by the lights, think that they're going to come hang out, play fantasy sports, make trades, think that's what the lifestyle is. When did you like, you know what, Rob will be a minor league GM one day, and which is, was his goal. And I think he told that story recently. He went and told you, I'm going to the youngest one. You're like, just go sell tickets, Rob. And you got up and walked out. But like, when did he make that turn that you're like, you know what, Rob, Rob's got that it thing? Two, two, part, two, two answers to that question. The first is I realized that Rob had it in Battle Creek when we were short-staffed and we had to roll hot dogs, or we actually had a real crowd and we had to go roll hot dogs. That's the real answer. We, you know, we, weren't, we weren't able to staff yeah. up because we didn't have big crowds there. But when we did, he'd roll hot dogs. And when we had weather issues, he would go work the Dolphin. Uh, or he would go pull, you know, pull tarp, and it was without question. It wasn't, what do I do? How do I do it? He just went and did it, and that's when I realized, you know, that 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 he had the it. Now he had a lot of things he needed to learn, and that was incumbent upon myself and others to teach him and mentor him and coach him. But he had the it. So you know, you fast forward, you know, past the group sales, past corporate sales, past the bathroom and everything in Battle Creek. When it <laughs> when it got to the point where um, our our previous ownership sold the Battle Creek Club to the group that now uh, manages it, and it's now the Great Lakes Loons. Uh, it came down to Lexington, Kentucky, and Omaha. And at that time, it was a hard decision. Lexington was one of the top franchises in the country at that time. That was 2000 and uh, late 2006. And Omaha was a fledgling AAA uh, and a franchise that played in Rosenblatt Stadium a facility that was five, six times too big for it based on the attendance we had. And I knew based on what the ownership at the time was asking me to do in Omaha after I chose to come here, that I needed someone with the it, the effort that I mentioned a couple of minutes ago 
I needed Rob to come with me. So that's that's how Rob and I ended up here. I'm going to give you the other answer to the GM question. I think it was a couple of years after moving to Omaha, so probably around the 09-2010 season when the negotiation and the signature to build a new triple facility here in the Metro had been done. Then we needed to shift to the design and the selling of a new facility. But at the same time, we still had to properly give Rosenblatt the respect it deserved because most facilities in minor league baseball communities can't close them or get out of them quick enough. That was the exact opposite here. It was beloved. It still is beloved to some people. Uh, they still haven't gone to TD Ameritrade Park where the College World Series is played now because of what they did to their Rosenblatt Stadium. So that gave Rob the opportunity to basically to run a team in 2010 as a AAA GM because I was spending so much time on the ground where we are now here at, at, at Warner Park. Uh, that is when I realized, yeah, this is in the cards for him. We knew we had it. He was learning. He, he soaked up everything. And then that trans, when that transition started, he proved that he was someone that deserved his shot. And it did. Two years later, in July of 2012, is when he was officially hired and left uh, to go run the Scranton Club. I mean, we joke, we joke about and all the stories. And, but looking back, I mean, the fact that he had a 17-year career, he opened three ballparks, which, I mean, people dreaming when they get into this business hope they might one day be involved in like a, a startup, a franchise that's launching from the ground up. But three ballparks is, one, insane, right, <laughs> from a mental capacity, but also the most it impressive is. thing. I tell them, like, you're looking back from a minor league career, you might have one of the most impressive minor league careers of all time. Of where you started, where you went, what you've been. I mean, the Yankees AAA team to be the president, the chief business revenue officer of the Boston Red Sox and opened a ballpark for two of them as well as the Warner Park. Like, that's a resume that's quite unmatched for some people in this business. That No matter what he does from here on out, I've, we've said, like, it's unbelievable. Like, you, it is. You, your next thing is just gravy at this point. Like, your sports career, not that it's over by any stretch of imagination, is beyond people's wildest dreams. Yeah, you're right, Chris. And, you know, and it wasn't just handed to him. You know, I, I just told the story. I mean, he started, I don't know what he was making, 800 bucks, 900 bucks, 1,000 bucks a month. Uh, I was gonna say sell. a year. I was gonna say a year in Mad Back and Miley Base. Well, yeah, and and, and <laughs> but he wasn't but, selling his tickets. That's what he was making. You're like Rob, it, you need to sell to make commission, buddy. <laughs> yes, exactly. That was part of the message as well. And 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 you're right. I mean, um, three ballparks. Wow, what a jackass, Rob. You know, you really three ballparks. Are you serious? How did how did you get that lucky? But you know, some of us don't ever want to do it again. Or that's not exactly true. But you know, he. He, he, he dedicated a lot, you know, to, 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 to minor league baseball. And I think that his talents have been largely celebrated. You know, we, we all have challenges, you know, we all have people that we, we don't see eye to eye with. And, you know, I think everything ended uh, in a good way, except for the Scranton experience. And, yep. you know, I, I, I would, I would suggest to you that, um, um, if they had to do it over again, I don't know that they would make a different decision, but I know they probably would have handled that exit a little different. Um, you know, it, it's it, look, go look at the numbers, you know, go see what's going on there since he's been gone. You know, I'll just kind of leave it at that. Uh, but, but yes, he's been very fortunate. He's been very lucky. But as I said earlier, about five or six minutes ago, we're the ones that's been lucky, you know, our lives have yep. been changed. You know, he, he's in a weird, strange way, you know, he's, he's inspired me and, and, and mentored me as well. And, um, you know, Rob and I have, uh, we've got a, a relationship to where if I don't talk to him for four or five, six weeks, or we don't text or whatever, we just pick right up where we left off because we both know how busy we are, but I'm so proud of he and Amy, uh, you know, they've got two, 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 two lovely kids and I can't wait to see what his next step, uh, at, uh, at top golf is. And, you know, he better, he better give you and me and all of us free, free, free top golf I'm, play. Uh, yeah, well, I'm looking forward well, to that. Whenever we want it, not whenever he's ready to give it to us. No, yeah, he can use that. He would talk about the wand, the baton. I said, well, you can start wanding me some free tokens for Top Golf when they start opening <laughs> up up here, buddy. Well, I mean, Marty, he he is he talks about you like a like a second father. He he completely respects everything you've done for him too. So I'm sure this is going to be a nice little surprise. 
for him to hear. And, and like, it, it just seems apropos to put a nice little bow on this uh, three week going away parade that he's had. Uh, that seems to maybe it might end with a ticker tape at one point. Who knows? Maybe, maybe he'll get a ticker tape parade when this is all done. But he talks about you, like everybody who needs that mentor, everybody out there should see like, this is what it's all about, right? This is my league sports. This is sports. Like you find that person, you start with them and you become a family. It's, we're so close. We, we go through blood, sweat, tears, births, ballparks, moving, et cetera. But 17 years later, you guys are still as close as ever, if not closer because of everything you guys have gone through together. Yeah. Yeah. And I appreciate the opportunity to come on and, and, and congratulate him, rib him just a little bit. You know, there's, there's stories that I, I'm not going to tell because I probably shouldn't tell them, but you well, know, so you, can, we, you and I can tell them off the air over yeah, years. When yeah, you, yeah. A- absolutely. And at, when we celebrate afterwards, but no, you know, Let's just remember, and for those that are listening, uh, I think this is important for the world today. It's about people. You know, it's about relationships. And uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm a guy, people say, is the glass half full or half empty? I always say it's three quarters full. That, that, that's, that's, you know, I'm an eternal optimist. I've become a little bit more of a realist as I've gotten older at the same time. But fundamentally, I believe as a society, we can get back to where all the celebrating of Rob can be the celebrating we do for others on a day-by-day basis, not just when someone goes to a new job or passes away or gets married. Let's celebrate day-to-day life like this. And again, love it. kudos to Rob, kudos to Amy. Um, I hope the podcast continues. I mean, is that is this going to we put an emphatic, on? Yeah, the front office features question, which we've gotten more than anything, is will this continue? And we put that to bed last week. And yes, it will. Because quite frankly, he's going to have more time than he ever knew what to do with. So... Um, front office features is not where I think we're, this will be episode 149 that you'll be in next Monday. And then we'll be at 150, which is crazy. He changed. Look, you talk about changed life. He asked me to do this with him and it changed a lot for me. I mean, if I didn't have this podcast for the last year and a half, when we were sitting in our basement, stuck in our homes and it was the most cathartic thing that I did week in and week out was talking to Rob. Um, he, he has that ability to create that moment for you where you feel like, there's just like you said, your best friends. We could go. We had, we didn't see each other in person for a year and a half, but when we were talking, it was like we've known each other for thirty years. So, yeah. Rob has it. That's why whenever he goes and does top golf, he's going to crush it. He'll do it. Whatever is next after that, he'll keep crushing. But I know you wanted to come in here and say congratulations to him, and and I'm sure this is going to mean a lot to him. Yeah. Well, he's a great guy, and um, you know, all the way back to Brian Cashman and uh, phone phone call the famous phone call that night and then everything with Amy. I mean, you know, life, things happen for reasons. And um, this is another one of those reasons along the way, Rob. So best of luck to you. And please treat Chris nicer. You know, I've listened to probably 75 or 80 of these episodes. And Rob, you need to be a little nicer to Chris on here. I think he'd say it the other way around. But we'll, 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 I appreciate that, Marty. Well, good luck with closing out the season. And um, we'll, we'll talk soon. All right, Chris, thanks for having me on. Best to you, Rob. Um, whose idea was that? So it was a joint idea, and it came together oddly because I was literally thinking about other ways of what I could do, and I got a DM from Mr. Marty Cordero. And I'm like, I never get DMs. Who slides into my DMs? <laughs> from twi- on Twitter? On Twitter. And I, I, he, he sent me a note being like, hey, what are you like thinking about doing with Rob? Um, and I was like, actually, I was meaning to reach out to you. I wanted to have you on. And I was like, do we want to do like a video tribute? Like, what? And then we started texting because we're like, we both don't DM. We're, we're video tribute. I'm not dead. We're all, yeah. Well, that was, <laughs> it was a eulogy. Uh, so, <laughs> right. but uh, no, we uh, then connected on phone. And then this, this, uh, what's today? I don't even know. Last week, he and I found some time in the middle of the afternoon to record that 20 minute uh, eloquy of Rob Crane's career yeah. and where it started. Not, that was one of the more meaningful things that's happened during this. So uh, I'm a little uh, – I am an emotional guy. I cry all the time. And uh, I'm a little teary-eyed right now. Uh, that was our that goal. Guy, that was our goal. Well, can uh, put that as a check mark. That guy is um, the reason I am – at least somewhat functional as a uh, sports professional is Marty. He is, uh, you know, second father is absolutely right. Sometimes first father. 
And, um, you know, he had an uncanny ability to read a, to read his people. And I don't know, maybe specifically me, some people, you know, uh, but he knew when to like, not yell. Cause he wasn't really a yeller, but like get in my face and, you know, he joked in something. See, he's like, you know, he called me a you know Boston leader, or whatever. It Boston was, Rob, adversary, <laughs> and then adversary, and the adversary thing was right. And um, him and I used to get into it. And I call it like towards the end, I was like, I am this teenager that is just like pushing dad's buttons. And uh, but he had this uncanny ability to uh, kick me in the ass when I need it hug me when I needed it and teach me when I needed it. Right. It was all teaching, but like the teaching of like, Hey, you see this the next time you run in the situation, don't do that. Do this. You know, that's where you're going to learn. Right. And he knew how to do that better than anybody. And you know, that guy means the world to me. He is so important uh, to, to me. I, I, you know, like I said, I'm, I get choked up thinking about him. Um, I freaking love that guy. Well, I do. But the, hold on, I, I do need to set the record straight on a couple of things. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna wait. I was waiting for that. The Boston Rob thing is a crock of shit. <laughs> so I hated it. Right? It was during this whole um, Survivor thing. Right? Uh, Boston Rob was the guy on Survivor, the mo- the popular guy on Survivor. Right? Yeah. My name's Rob. I I back then I had a thicker Boston accent, and Alan Stein, who I've brought this up, was the president, co-owner of the team or whatever. And he goes, when you go out there, you address yourself as Boston Rob. I said, Alan, I surely don't want to do that. <laughs> and he goes, no, you got to go and say you're Boston Rob. So I'd go out and say, hey, everybody, my name's Rob. And he'd come off there and say, I told you to call yourself Boston Rob. And it was like, Alan, I, I, I don't really want to do that. You're Boston Rob. So then it was like, I, he's the boss, right? I yep. got to go do what he says. Uh, so he, Alan Stein made me call myself Boston Rob. I wanted nothing to do with calling myself uh, Boston Rob. Where did the mullet come from? I had long gray hair. It was never a mullet. It was delicious <laughs> curly locks. Le- uh, some lettuce Some lettuce flowing. It was there. lettuce. Oh, I lettuce. had great, I had great, when I grow my hair out, it gets like wavy and ringlet, and at times, ringlet curls. And uh, so the mullet was never a mullet. It was delicious, delicious flow. I didn't know if you just picked up that Alabama, Alabama, like trait while you were down there. There were a lot of mullets in Alabama, man. A lot of mullets. A lot of mullets. I mean, a lot of horrible racist people, too. <laughs> I mean, the KKK was in your backyard, so yeah. yeah that's true. True. That, that, that's true. So, what about this truck? What was the four, What truck did you have? The truck was named after a movie quote. Uh, it was named Blue uh, from You're My Boy Blue. Yep. Uh, in uh, old school. Was that old school? Old school, yep. So that was named Blue. It was a blue 1996 Ford F-150 stick shift. Uh, and it did have, like, exhaust on it. And it was... You went uh, full Alabama. I mean, you went full I just, Alabama. I liked trucks at the time. I did like trucks at the time. That's true. I did like trucks at the time. I like, I like, uh, I like the trucks. And uh, he's right. It was kind of loud, but not super loud. Uh, but yes, he did say like, I could tell when you were coming <laughs> and uh, <laughs> when you were late, <laughs> when, I, when, I, when, I, when I was late, I, so one of the things that I forgot that's going to give me nightmares for re- for a little bit here is the snakes in the basement. Yeah. The, I was going to say, I had that. So the I hate snakes with a white hot passion. I am scared of very few things. I am legitimately scared of snakes. I see a snake. I scream like a girl and I run and, uh, <laughs> I hate snakes. So they told me that there were snakes in the basement. I just said, I'm never going in the basement. <laughs> like, like there's, there's no reason to go in the basement. I don't care what happens. Wait, how, how is there just snakes in the basement? Like, how did no, I one, no, idea. no one took care of this? I, I, <laughs> like... I, I don't know. I don't know. We lived, We lived. Our office was a house. I got promoted to the area next to the, where people did their business. <laughs> That's the best part is that was a promotion. <laughs> that was a promotion. I went from the living room. Uh which was kind of the group sales area. And they're like, oh, no, corporate sales guy, you go over there now. <laughs> I had a window into the backyard. 
Uh, did you guys have like barbecues at this place? Like, did, was there parties at the house? Um, I don't. Or did you keep a it church par- and state? It was like it's the office. It's the like. No, it was. It, it definitely felt like the office, though. You were definitely going to Marty's office, and it was a bedroom, right? <laughs> it's a bed, couch, TV. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, um. So no, and you had a garage. Uh, so no, I don't. I don't. I, was there don't a keggers? Or was there keggers stuff. going on at this place? Like no, the dining room was our conference room, and uh, <laughs> uh, and the place that we did have beers because what we would all be in charge of at the after the game is, you know, we all would have to count the concession money. Right. So we'd right. Count all the cash. The, the yeah. Bags yep. out. That, right. I don't even know if we accepted credit cards. Um, and Hurl the Pearl money, right? You got to collect. You got to count that money. Uh, did we do Hurl the Pearl money there? No, Hurl the Pearl started in Omaha. Oh, Omaha, got it. Omaha. Yeah, so that was. I forgot about the snakes, man. I did. Now that you bring it up, I was like, yeah, there were snakes. <laughs> well, the moral of the story, of all of it, and the the relationship and the connection that you have, we had other topics we were going to talk about, but I don't think we're going to. I, that's why I was like, for, uh, when you asked what do you want to talk about before the episode started, I was like, oh. Oh yeah, it sounds. I know you're kind of quick at that. I was like, that's not that's gonna. No, we'll get through it. Um, we have we have things for next week now. So does Amy know about this? No, no, I kept this. Yeah, she's gonna be surprised. I kept this completely under wraps. Um, Good for you. So yeah, I've had to keep. Thank you, thank you. That uh, you know, you and Marty, uh, a sincere thank you for. Well, no, we had to. We had we 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 also we were discussing. We have to end Rob's parade at some point. So how do we get him? The parade's gotta end. (laughs) He 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 did say something on Facebook post. So. I sent something like I'm going to Top Golf. Amy's like, you need something more sincere than that. You need like pictures and such. I was like, all right, I'll do that. And then, uh, then Marty responded, it's like, when the hell is this thing gonna end? <laughs> I laughed. I laughed. I was like, what? The- well, good news is, you is mind your own business. It's just, it's just beginning. Um, mind your own business. We'll have to go on his podcast one day and give. Hey, he's never gonna do a podcast. Give his eulogy. Well, he was. I mean, he he's great. His voice is great. Interview's great. Good stories. Too much credit. He he also held back some stories that I got to still get out of him. Um, he clearly said that he has. Some... I want to know what those ones are because I didn't get in too much trouble with Marty. I got in trouble with other people. He's got there's so there's other a guy in uh, that that I have I don't think I've ever talked about uh, in Battle Creek. You know you talk about mentors and people that kind of helped you along the way. Yeah. Um, there was a guy. His name was Luke Kaboshik, and Luke was the director of group sales and director of stadium operations at the same time and uh, in Battle Creek. And Luke is probably, I don't know, five, six, five, five-ish years older than me. And Luke became like one of my close friends. And he was my boss. Uh, but we did everything together. He, he's the one that kind of taught me on the ground of like, uh, how to, you know, how to go about a lot of things. And, you know, Luke doesn't get his uh credit because you know he was the one that was like all right let's go do this all right let's go do this let me show you how to do this and uh he was uh luke there was you know luke was luke was great so when it it split up right when marty talked about that it went to omaha or lexington he went to lexington and uh he stayed there for a while and went to university of michigan to sell for him after that but uh uh and now i forget where he's at but uh you know luke had a profound effect it's just not one person it's you know it's a lot. So he's the it's one that taught you or told you when you took the job, you're going to be in the community and you're going to go sell tickets at community events and <laughs> work. No, I think that was Mark. You're going to be a youth baseball. You're going to be a youth baseball community guy. But, uh, no, oh. go sell some tickets, bro. So I also bring this up. He was like, oh, you know, you got blinded by the, the light. That's also a crock of shit. <laughs> Truthfully, <laughs> what happened, well, this is honest to God's truth. I took the job as a group salesperson. Honestly, I didn't know what a group sale was. <laughs> and like I did I truthfully didn't know. I didn't know. I was like, I'll go sell tickets, right? That's basically what it was. That's kind of how I did it. So like I'm going through this. I was like, what the hell am I even like selling? Like I, I truly did not understand. This should have come up in the interview process, by the way. Right. But I was just you know, I could BS like the best of them. And then it was like all right, you're going out to all these things. Now what? And then it was like, oh, I got to like close some of this stuff. And uh, all right, I'll do that now. <laughs> it was like, I, I just didn't know how it worked. 
And uh, <laughs> you're just out there. That's, that's out the your... honest to God's truth. I there. really did not know what a. I was educating myself because I didn't know what a group sale was. And uh, yeah, I needed the kick in the ass. That's all true. And that meeting did happen. And uh, he's he said it in that discussion a hell of a lot nicer than what actually happened. Um, but that's fine. You know, paint your own history, Marty. <laughs> and. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's that's the truth. The people really on top get the right history, sale was. right? People on top, really, they write the history books. I, so I did not know what a group sale was. That and that was it more than anything. I, I like, I'm working for some. It was the devil race. Like, no, I don't care about the that side of it. That had nothing to do with it. I honestly just was so uneducated about it. And then I got there was uh, I did my first sale ever was to the. Uh, I was also like prospecting wrong, right? Because my first sale ever was to like. Uh, the Applebee's in Coldwater, Michigan. <laughs> I'm sure that was a huge group out of the Applebee's. It was 20 person, Tw- and their event day came up. Uh, event day came up, and uh, they no showed. <laughs> oh really? <laughs> so your first ever said no shows. <laughs> Hell of a start. Uh, you don't get paid on yeah. those, Rob. They didn't actually. But I posted my first sale the other day. I did. I saw that. That was so. That, I remember those kind of sheets. Yeah. So that was. It was a print. So the funny part was we were talking about. You know, your your basement's a disaster. Mine was the other day because we cleaned out our attic. Disaster. And I was going through all my old stuff and I found the complete. I don't know if I even should have this. The complete stack <laughs> of every single one of my season ticket sales from the New Jersey Devils. And That's awesome. I was like, um, I need to shred these, but I kept them. Uh, yeah. But I have the first one. They laminated it for us. Our first sale. It was my first sale ever. Uh, and I, we were, then I posted on Facebook and some of the, my old colleagues who were in ticket sales at the time, cause we were all, we all joined sales at like the worst possible time you could ever join a sales department, which was coming off of the lockout. Yeah. Right and that off. was crazy. So, but also like we were revisioning, we used to have to go to the index cards that were in these boxes for where the seat locations were because there was no technology like to really pull it there was up. No ticket system. No, and, and that was the New Jersey Devils, the NHL. Yes, in two thousand five, like we literally had to go to an index card and open up a, a box and be like, "Ooh, there's a there's a location," and then you'd have to go upstairs, like go look at the seat, sit in it, be like, "Oh, this is a go," and like come back down, get on the phone, be like, "All right, these are where the seats are." They're like, "Oh, get a different," one. and you just literally had to keep rotating until you found a seat. Or when people would come to visit, you'd have to bring like four index cards with you and you have to get approval for those index cards to take them out of the office because if someone called on the phone, you had said index cards while you're upstairs with the client. It was crazy. Like that was 2005. That wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long. It wasn't that long ago. And that's how we were doing ticket sales. So that's how I, yeah, that's how I started my career. Yeah. So, uh, you know, professionally, there's not many things I can say, but I I owe nearly everything. Uh, Marty J. Cordero. I mean, that's 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 high praise, and that's why you could hear when he talks about you and the way you talk about him. There's that to your point. He knows how to read you and the connection. Oh, he does like a freaking book to this day. That, but that mentorship and mentor mentee relationship is the one of the most critical aspects of this business because it's so. If you were hard. to get a shitty mentor, right? Like the first one. Yep. Like a that's. I know that there's studies like the first your first like boss has so much influence on what you do. Yeah, because they can send you, you down click, the right, right or wrong might, path. Correct, correct. Right, he might be a they might be a fine person, but like you guys don't click, and that's you know uh, that's tough, right? But you know you get I totally got lucky with Marty, right? Totally got lucky. Clear. I mean, it's twenty years later, and he still has that like way of talking about you and you talking about him like there's a clear connection there that's forever it's a bond it's more of a bond it's not a connect. it's a bond there's a yeah, there's, a, they, there's uh, a mutual bond he could rib you you could rib him and it's all it's all in fun and one of the great photos i have is uh and i think i've talked about this on the podcast but i know i've definitely posted it on social media is there's a picture of marty and i and it was taken the last game of Rosenblatt Stadium before anyone's in the ballpark. It was just him and I. And it's in, like, one of the tunnels that go out to the to the field, right, from the concourse. And then, you know, it wasn't an open concourse. You're in the, the one of these little tunnels. And it's him and I. And you could just see, like, we're having a discussion. And that photo was, like, everything that we – that he was to me, right? He was obviously teaching me. I almost can see myself arguing with him 
and it was just, it, that photo. Amy blew it up for me, and it's framed in the uh, at my house. And uh, that photo probably means more to me than than most things because it's like that's us at that particular time, and it was perfect. And it was right. He gave me like the keys to the car in 2010. He's like, hey, I gotta go do some stuff with this base, this uh, this ballpark. You finish the season, then come with me, right? And I would, you know, do a handful. Of, you know, not that I didn't have anything to do with it in the beginning, but like that was his thing. But he's like, you run this one, and I was like, all right, like I'm 28. Right. No, I, it's it's a it's a holy shit moment that you're now in charge at 28 with all these people that are looking to you for the answers, right? Like, hope, oh, well, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a legit thing too. Like I was, yeah, it was, uh, trial, tr- it was good. Trial by fire, some, baby. Trial by fire. You know, I, I, there's some good advice in there too from Marty that I guess I never really thought of. Sometimes I'll speak to younger people who are just trying to get like their, their, uh, their career off the ground, right? They're just trying to start. And you want to encourage questions, right? You want to make sure that you're doing the right thing and you want to, you know, encourage questions. I didn't ask a bunch of questions. I just went out and, like, did stuff. And then I was like, ah, getting, you know, I I don't know if it was, you know, you know, being naive, but I was just like, I'd just go out and do stuff and be like, you know, then you get the rep of, like, yeah, Rob, get stuff done, right? Do something, right? Do something, right? Do something. So I always was that guy who was go and do something, right? You want to be the on-field MC? I'm sure. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, right? Boston Rob's here, baby. <laughs> I didn't. It's a crap statement. I hated that nickname. Um, they, uh, but I didn't know. I was like, yeah, sure. Give me like, what do I do? Talk about what's going on? Yeah, sure. Give me. I, I can talk, and uh, you know. Uh, help here help there right you want to be the helper guy right you want to be the or gal you want to be the person who just does those types of things and uh, you know i feel like that was good advice given to me is just go and do it what's the worst that can just go and do like, totally do no stuff, i'm right you don't want to be the person train. on the sidelines waiting for like specific detailed instructions on what to do no just go i don't know just go figure it out and then if you screw up, we can fix it. Just don't do the same mistake twice, right? Simple rules. Right. You can never fault anyone for going and doing something, doing it wrong, right? Long as it's ethical. But they, long as it's ethical. Yep. Long, long as it's ethical. You're not stealing money or anything. It's, you know, you just did something, you did something wrong. Hey, at least you went out and did it, right? Like people learn by doing, right? Like trying to teach my daughter how to tie her shoes, right? Am I going to give her a manual on a 35, you know, 10 step process on how to tie your shoes. No, go learn how to tie your shoes here. Go. Yeah. Trial by fire. Just go and do stuff. Go and do stuff. Well, amazing to hear Marty. Thank you, Marty, for coming on and doing that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for you for doing that. That means a lot that you'd even think about. Well, we 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 again we had to figure out a way to to, to stop the, the the goodbye train. The, 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 the goodbye train's got in. So the goodbye train's got it. I I agree with that. The goodbye train's got in. The eulogy. Hey, the eulogy is good content, though, man. Good content. Oh, I'm here for the. Content. I know you've produced, and then now with a new job and learning, like you, the content is getting. People oh, we got about front I, I, the features. The content's forever. Content uh, on the first day of work will be September seventh. I got some content for you. I got a photo coming that you're going to enjoy. Fantastic. Uh, so to wrap it up, I should so happy anniversary to my wife tomorrow. Hey, happy anniversary. So when this launches tomorrow, um, eight years tomorrow. So, and then congrats to our kids. for. You got to do something good on your 10th. Yeah. Eighth, not yeah. Eighth is, eighth is, eighth is fine. Yeah, it's fine. 10th is real. Um, we made it a decade. So, and then congrats to our children mine and yours uh one is both so zach and maddie are starting kindergarten right and then no one no one's turning one yeah no one's birthday's uh sunday we're having a party saturday so big week in the crane and valente households big week. anniversary big birthdays weeks. kindergarten most importantly you and i are playing golf on wednesday well, that we are um to keep the again the goodbye train rolling 
<laughs> well, I think it's just a reason to go out and drink on a Wednesday. That too. Um, which, you know what? <laughs> I can make that excuse on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday right now. So, Right. Um, Same. Hopefully Ida just holds off a little bit for us before, so we can go out and get it done. Yeah, we'll go out and figure it out. Play it. Uh, the Lord would yet. never ruin this round. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I'm glad, hey, I'm glad you get that. I'm glad you get that reference. Caddyshack, yeah. I've seen Caddyshack. Okay. Uh, Thanks a million for of course the Marty thing that uh, you made me uh, choke up a little bit and uh, I will say that's not a hard task to do I'm a crier just a known crier <laughs> and uh, uh, but that meant a lot so thank you thank Marty uh, you know you know you, you lay you start listing off the most important people in my life and uh, Marty J Cordero is uh, is there also uh, you know keep your thoughts out for Marty uh, Marty's family they are in. Uh, Louisiana, and uh, oh really? I and that's so uh, another movie reference. Marty's dad. Uh, you seen the Waterboy? Of course. And you go. I'm I remember Baton Rouge. That the guy that's one of the fans, yeah. right? Can't understand him. Marty's dad talks just like really. That. I have I have no idea what Marty's dad says <laughs> at all. Is his family okay? No, seriously, is his family okay though? With the... yeah, they said they went. Uh, they got to go back though. They're worried about flooding when they come back. They said they left and went. Oh, five hours that hurricane! Or so away. That hurricane! I don't know if you saw some of the videos. The wind it was insane. Oh my god! Sand. So sad. I don't know how people live in Louisiana. Louisiana gets crushed with hurricanes. Every like, like three of them a year. Every five years, like there's a... no, but there's like three category ones, category two. Oh yeah, they brush three. off the ones and twos. They're like ah, ones and twos are like a you know. A, they're yeah, laughing at us. That's a little. We're we're dying. Like you know, uh, category one's gonna come. It's like batting down the hatches, guys. We're all screwed. Louisiana people are looking at us, being like, well, "Man, what are you talking about? about this, category one, yeah. man. Hurricane, man. Category one. It's the same with snowstorms, though. Wait, the thunder. The thunder is a thunderstorm. Yeah, but that's the same with th- snowstorms. Bobby Boucher. <laughs> Mama said. Mama said. Mama said. Uh, well, it's seen with snowstorms when we're getting like. 12, like if someone down south gets like three inches, they shut down the state. We're like three inches. Yeah. But I can understand that a little bit, right? They don't have snow plows. That too, or sand or salt, but yes. Yeah, right. Any of that kind of stuff. Well, on that note, go get your sand and salt because it's coming soon. But, uh. All right, man, we'll go. We'll, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you later, man. Man, we'll go. Babushi. Ma dumla obligata. Thank you. That was all right. All right, I'll see you later. later.